and welcome back to Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, May 30th, 2023. A Tuesday that feels like a Monday for most people after a long, restful, or fun-filled Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully, you took at least a few minutes to remember what Memorial Day is all about and honor those that were lost. If you were enjoying the holiday or maybe participating in a ceremony and didn't catch yesterday's podcast, I would encourage you to be sure and listen to it. I'm going to bring you up to speed in a moment or two on some of yesterday's Newsmax shows and highlights, but first, today is National Mint Julep Day for some reason, a bourbon-based cocktail steeped in Kentucky tradition and mostly associated with the Kentucky Derby, which begs the question why Mint Julep Day is on May 30th and not much earlier in the month when we have the running of the Kentucky Derby. But what the heck, I'm not one to complain about a reason to celebrate with a cocktail. Plus, today, of course, is Taco Tuesday. Maybe mix it up a bit. Have a mint julep with your tacos instead of a margarita. Just sounded disgusting. All right, some people are celebrating. Some are drowning their sorrows as the 2023 Stanley Cup and NBA Finals are now set. The Las Vegas Golden Knights will host the Florida Panthers after beating Dallas. Game one will be on Saturday night in Vegas. And it'll be the Heat and the Western Conference champion Denver Nuggets in the finals. The great Kevin Harlan on TNT as the Heat cruised past the Celtics 103-84 last night. Game seven, that'll begin on Thursday night in Denver. I'm not sure when the last time was that the same city or even the same state had its NHL team and NBA team in the finals at the same time. Think about that. I would guess, and this is completely a guess, it most likely had to be the Boston Bruins and Boston Celtics, or maybe further back, the LA Kings and the LA Lakers. Technically, the Panthers are not a Miami team, but where they play in Sunrise, Florida, which is really West Fort Lauderdale, only about a 15-20 minute drive or so, or maybe 40 minutes depending on traffic, to Miami. It's all South Florida anyway, and it's all been buzzing like mad, and now the finals. As if that's not exciting enough, what really, really makes it exciting is both teams, the Panthers and the Heat, barely squeezed into the playoffs, which makes it that much sweeter for the fans. Also on Memorial Day, the Tuttle of Towers Foundation, honoring 30 American heroes by delivering forever homes to their families. More from Bob Sellers on American Agenda. 21 Gold Star families and nine fallen first responders families with prior military service received a, get this, mortgage-free home or has their mortgage paid off on their existing home. Here with more, Chairman and CEO of the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Frank Siller. Frank, uh, this obviously a remarkable uh, gift to people who uh, have paid the ultimate sacrifice or at least their families have. Tell us more about this. Well, you know, when men and women go to serve our country, I think America should make a promise to every uh, somebody who serves that, God forbid, if they go out and they're overseas or they're protecting us even here as uh, as first responders, that uh, they give their kids a kiss goodbye and they don't come home because they gave their life for their country or their community, that Tunnel Towers Foundation has made a promise that we're going to deliver them a mortgage-free home. And 
How do we do that with the kindness and generosity of Americans? And we ask everybody to go to T2T.org and uh, join us on, on that uh, mission to take care of them. And what better way to say thank you by, uh, give, by once again on today and Memorial Day that these great 30 families had made such a great sacrifice for our country. So we uh, paid off uh, 30 mortgages today or delivered a mortgage-free home. Some of them didn't have a home, and we bought them a home or built them a home. That's Frank Siller, the CEO of Tunnel to Towers Foundation on American Agenda. The website is t2t.org. That's T, the number two, t.org. It's also a reminder that not all soldiers die on the battlefield, as the suicide rate among those returning home unfortunately remains very high. This was the focus of Monday's national report with Sean Kreisman and Emma Reckenberg. One veteran now shining a light on this very serious issue, hoping to curb suicide rates among soldiers returning. That's John Burns, a retired staff sergeant from the Army National Guard, also serving in the Marines, now Deputy Director of Concerned Veterans for America. Uh, John, thank you so much for what you do for, for our veterans here, and clearly there is a need for it. You recently wrote an op-ed in the Air Times titled Memorial Day is for those we've lost on the battlefield and at home. Uh, talk to us about that. We see the headline here. Talk to us about the significance of this day, sir. Well, Memorial Day is, you know, it's a solemn ceremony in American history, going back to the Civil War and perhaps even before, where we honor those who, who died sacrificing their lives for our freedom. And we were just thinking about how to honor folks this year at Concerned Veterans for America, CV4A.org. And it struck us, you know, that we've been talking for the past couple of years about how the current war, the global war on terror that just wrapped up, that we've had more veterans and military members die of suicide in this era than we have in actual combat, right? 30,000 versus 7,000 to give some rough numbers. More than four times as many have died of their own hand. Uh, and it's just a signature you know, wound of this war is, is the mental health issue. But, but the, a lot of those deaths were preventable. Uh, it, you know, it's, it is a signature wound of this war, but we need to think in terms of this war of honoring those not just who died overseas, but those who died of, of mental, emotional, spiritual wounds overseas later and and what we could have as a nation done to maybe prevent a lot of those deaths. Absolutely. It, it's heartbreaking to think about the numbers and, of course, the lives behind it, those impacted uh, by suicide and also, of course, the family members who lost a loved one who have served. Uh, and, John, since we have the time now, if you could just walk us through what your organization is doing to, again, assist those who might be showing signs uh, of really struggling with their mental health during this time. Well, you know, Concerned Veterans for America, we focus on on policy advocacy and trying to trying to fix the government so that the, the Department of Veterans Affairs picks up its piece here. We have a sister organization that does actually do some mental health uh, training and awareness to, to help folks around their veterans recognize th those signs. So we work on both sides. We really think that the, the VA can do a much better job if it would just follow the law that was passed in 2018, the VA Mission Act, and it would start referring these veterans who need mental health out to the community, out to community care. John Burns, Deputy Director of Concerned Veterans for America on National Report, which airs 9 a.m. Eastern right after Wake Up America. Money for Veterans Care and the VA, among the many topics of discussion and debate on the debt ceiling bill over the weekend, which, according to the White House, would maintain full funding for veterans planned health care, roughly $121 billion, and would increase support for the PACT Act's 
Toxic Exposure Fund by $15 billion. That's for fiscal 2024. The House GOP fact sheet says veterans' medical care would be fully funded in the agreement brokered by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, President Biden, and a group of White House negotiators over the weekend. As I mentioned yesterday, I, for one, was really happy to see Congress and Washington working over the weekend, especially the holiday weekend. I covered some of the specific and details in yesterday's podcast, but as with all negotiations, both sides are not happy, and both the president and Kevin McCarthy now have to sell it to their parties for it to pass. We get more from Rob Schmidt. Welcome to Rob Schmidt tonight. No better time to unveil a horrible debt ceiling deal than Memorial Day weekend when very few people are paying attention. Republicans in control of the House are evidently prepared to allow Joe Biden to continue the COVID spending spree forever. McCarthy signing off, at least verbally, on a deal that cuts back spending to 2022 levels. The only problem is 2022 was a fiscal disaster for this country. We spent $1.4 trillion more than we brought in in 2022. A horrific budget, unsustainable, but a dream, of course, for the malignant tumor that is establishment Washington. This weekend, Kevin McCarthy is spinning this as hard as he can, bragging about meager pullbacks on COVID funds, the IRS budget, and some minor changes to welfare requirements. We finally were able to cut spending. We're the first Congress to vote for cutting spending year over year. So you cut that back, you fully fund the veterans, you fully fund defense, but you take that non-defense spending all the way back lower than 22 levels. Now you get work requirements for TANF and SNAP, where the Democrats said that was a red line. All of that sounds great in a soundbite doesn't actually do much to fix this massive problem that we have. And actual fiscal Republicans are pointing out the very obvious. This two-year deal will add four trillion more to our national debt. That's what the holdout was over. Still four trillion more in just a couple years. Although the pandemic is over, the spending insanity that was ushered in by COVID-19 is evidently here to stay. This is one of those rare moments where party really doesn't really matter at all anymore. And those moments are increasingly less rare, by the way. Both political parties love spending your money. The D.C. Uniparty, as they call it, exposing itself once again. Very few actually want to make government smaller in this country and spend less of your money and give you more of your money back, such as Senator Rand Paul, who is actually a fiscal conservative, who tweeted out, fake conservatives agree to fake spending cuts. Deal will increase mandatory spending 5%, increase military spending 3%, maintain current non-military discretionary spending at post-COVID levels. No real cuts to see here. Conservatives have been sold out once again. The words of Kentucky Senator Rand Paul's tweet on Rob Schmidt tonight. There are some Republicans that are calling it a win. Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett isn't one of them. We've got to get back to some fiscal sanity in this country. It's just that much. We cannot keep spending at these levels. Again, if we went back to levels pre-COVID, we would have a surplus now and we'd be paying down our debt. What, what have we added since before COVID that is so important right now? Nothing. We need to re, get back to reality and stop spending money out of control. That's the bottom line. And if it takes taking a vote, I'll, a vote. I voted to shut the government down 
under Trump, and I and I do it under Biden. That vote in the House is expected tomorrow, and if it passes, if it passes, the Senate could vote on it as early as tomorrow or on Thursday or on Friday, and I'm pretty certain we can count Rand Paul as a no. We get more from Carl Higby on Frontline. I got to level with you folks. Well, given what is being reported, I'm super disappointed in Kevin McCarthy right now. Now, obviously, it hasn't come to a vote, a vote yet, but when I, when, and I voiced this to a few folks in the D.C. bubble as, as this thing is, was developing over the weekend. I got the, oh, Carl, you don't understand. No, man, you don't understand. This is my hard-earned money confiscated by the federal government by an agency that we just talked about. I can't even get somebody on the phone if I need help with something. Oh, and they apparently are going to keep these 89,000 new agents, too, under McCarthy's new deal. Look, the speaker should have come in with a balanced budget, not compromised on that. He should have forced Democrats to prioritize fund and actually articulate the items that they wanted. They proposed something totally rational against Democrats' complete lunacy. And then they're forced to negotiate against themselves when the Dems ask for more. They essentially compromised on their own bill amongst themselves before they even got to the negotiating table. You see, this is the difference between how Republicans and Democrats negotiate. Okay, Republicans get together and think, hmm, let's find something that maybe we think the Democrats can probably get on board with. They compromise before they even get to the negotiating table. Democrats, Democrats are like, nah, we want everything and we're going to shut down the government to get it. And, and, And they do all the time. And the one guy who understood this was Trump. He called out their malarkey. You know what? We need border security. That's what we're going to be talking about, border security. If we don't have border security, we'll shut down the government. That's how you debate. Republicans, like I'm talking true Republicans, they should have said, hey, we took in almost five trillion bucks last year. We want a balanced budget, work requirements for welfare, whatever else. I'm, I'm talking swing for the fences, then pass it through the House. Make the Democrats come up with their own thing. Have you ever noticed that not one of the Democrats were like, hey, this is specifically what we want. It was always some ambiguous mudslinging. There was no solutions. There was sweeping broad generalities in everything they mentioned. So what did our moral overlords in D.C. decide to do with our hard-earned tax dollars? Well, for starters, the Fiscal Responsibility Act, that's what they're calling this thing. This, This new bill is not fiscally responsible, nor does it act in the best interest of America. Just so you know, the debt ceiling is going to be lifted by about $4 trillion through January 1st of 2025. That's Carl Higby, host of Frontline Afternoons at 5 o'clock Eastern, right after the Chris Salcedo Show. Another big story over the holiday weekend, and again, I urge you or encourage you to listen to yesterday's Newsmax Daily, was the vote in Texas to impeach Republican Attorney General Ken Paxton. More from Chris Salcedo. In my home state of Texas... Weak Republicans there joined Democrats in impeaching one of President Trump's favorite attorneys general, Ken Paxton. On social media, Democrats are celebrating and admitting that this was a political exercise, not a legal one, which explains why the Texas GOP leadership will not allow Ken Paxton to speak in his own defense before they voted. 60 Republicans joined 61 socialists to impeach an attorney general who has been suing to stop Joe Biden's illegal open borders investigating Big Pharma for their antics during the pandemic and protecting Texans. Some people stood up for the rule of law and due process. Here is the list of those who voted no or present, including one Democrat. Now, if your lawmaker isn't on this list, 
then they betrayed their oath to represent you. In fact, those who voted for impeachment were among those killing conservative priorities in Texas during the last legislative session at the behest of Democrat socialists. Fake conservatives in the Texas GOP killed a bill that would have prevented communist China and America's enemies from buying land in Texas. They killed property tax reform. They killed power grid protection and reliable energy. And they also defeated, against the vast majority of Texans' will, from all parties, parental school choice. On that last part, 23 fake conservative Republicans joined all socialists to kill parental school choice. Let me show you what these sellouts are protecting. A Texas high school is postponing its graduation after only five, five of its seniors met the graduation requirements. As you all know, leftist run GovEd and the GOP of Texas is willing to sacrifice your child's education so the money continues to flow from corrupt GovEd's lobby into their pockets. A.G. Paxton behaved like someone who opposes Democrats and their cancerous agenda. That's why he has to go. That's why the Bush Rove Good Old Boy Club has been trying to take him out against the will of Texans for nearly a decade. Paxton, Trump, DeSantis, and real conservatives make the Republicans look bad because conservatives actually oppose socialists. Chris Salcedo, host of the Chris Salcedo Show, a must-watch Newsmax program. This afternoon, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre will have a briefing along with the Director of the Office of Budget and Management, Shalanda Young. But after a busy Memorial Day, President Biden has nothing on his calendar today, but is said to be working the phones on getting the debt ceiling deal approved. If nothing else... Wall Street is seeing very positive numbers in light of the debt ceiling agreement, so you may at least make some money today. Speaking of Wall Street and money, Tesla CEO Elon Musk is in Beijing today. Earlier today, he met with China's foreign minister and is expected to meet with other officials while he's there. He is, of course, visiting the Tesla Shanghai plant. China is Tesla's second largest market after the United States, and the Shanghai plant is Tesla's largest production hub. So it'll be interesting to see what Elon tweets from one of his other companies while he's in China or what he has to say about China when he gets back. If you are not already watching Newsmax TV, by the way, it is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, Cox Cable, DirecTV, Dish, Spectrum, and many others. It is also available on your favorite platforms, Roku, Pluto, Amazon, Apple TV, and Make sure you download the Newsmax app on your smartphone. This way you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime you want, and stay up to date on the go. Thank you for listening to the Newsmax Daily Podcast. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your day and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.